0: Hi, uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Weekend Review Podcast on Friday, January 26th, sponsored by 42 at the Clinton Center. On today's edition, we're going to talk about the LRPD firing police recruits for social media posts, UAM, uh, UAMS's difficulties, and p- plans to restore the right of the legislature to waive the Constitution's sovereign immunity provision. That ought to keep Mouthful. <laughs> That voice you heard, of course, was Max Brantley. Oh. So a third Litter-Up police recruit has been fired for having a social media post uh, in which a racial slur appeared. Yeah,
1: and they didn't—a a young woman, a black woman was fired, and they didn't say the word. If I were to guess, I would say it as the word. And I think we have to say the word to understand what's going on here. And the word is nigga, N-I-G-G-A, as opposed, as they say, to the hard E-R word, which— everybody recognizes as a terrible racial epithet. Uh, I don't think white people should use the A word either, uh, but it's certainly in common use. I think in the black community it's fair to say, look on any Facebook page or Twitter account, you'll see it everywhere on TV shows and music and what have you. Well, in any event, uh, I think they also, what happened with her was, though, which is very interesting is, After earlier problems with two recruits uh, who were disciplined related to having that word appear on their Facebook page, all recruits and officers said, clean up your social media. Get rid of objectionable stuff. And she says, her lawyer says she did, but that somehow it appears she missed one post many years ago when she was 16 years old. Now, I think they're saying she somehow was insubordinate or didn't follow instructions because it was still there. But... This seems like, I agree with Robert Newcomb, her lawyer, this is a terrible overreaction by Police Chief Kenton Buckner. But I think this is the third in a series of overreactions. If I mean, to repeat this, we need to go back to the complaint by a black recruit about a white recruit who used the word uh, on his Facebook page. And the context was really not offensive, without speaking at all to what's in the heart of this white recruit. He ran a picture of a man he served in the Army with uh, asleep, a black man, and he put in quotes, night, night, good night, nigger, good night, or something to that effect. This apparently is a line from a a black comedian's act. Uh, The man whose picture was taken said he wasn't offended. The guy said he meant no offense. He apologized to the person who was offended. He took the post down. He was fired in any event. Uh, Then the the person who made the original complaint, a black recruit, on his Facebook page, not surprisingly, had some posts in which that word was deployed, so he was fired too. So we now have three people fired for episodes that I don't think any one of the three could be fairly characterized as using a racial epithet in an offense in a way intending to harm or be hateful to somebody else, first of all. It was outside of work before they even went to work for the police department and they not only don't help racial situations in the police department, they harm them. This is a police department that's overwhelmingly majority white in the the city that's majority people of color. It's a a city where the Black Police Officers Association has many complaints against the chief, who happens to be black, we need to say, over their treatment and assignment and in promotion and in the way uh, the police department deals with people of color in the inner city. Uh, We have many complaints in the community about how deadly force is employed against black people versus white people in the city. Uh, White police officers overwhelmingly don't choose to live in Little Rock, and many of them get a subsidy to take a free car home because they say there's too much crime and they don't want their kids in Little Rock schools, which happen to be majority black. There's just this whole roiling mess of race, and to fire three recruits in a department that's something like 70 people short Mm -hmm. of, of its officer force just seems nuts to me. Anybody who thinks this is going to improve racial relations is just, it's just not exercising good judgment, it seems to me. I, but that's Kenton Buckner's the man, and uh, so we'll see. I, I, I think this one has just gone too far.
0: So you mentioned uh, the the fired recruits attorney. What sort of recourse does someone have in this well, case? Well,
1: you you can you can appeal a firing. I don't know if recruits are under civil service yet or not. If they're still on the recruit thing, you can certainly go to court and protest a firing. So they have recourse. You know, there 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 are some First Amendment people who are on the police force can be placed under some First Amendment restrictions. You know, you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. I don't think you can shout the N-word at people indiscriminately in a hateful way and expect to hold your job. But that's not what the case is here. So I I think there's some arguments that can be made. And I forgot to say the other huge thing that that has happened this week was is that they they filed a third-degree battery charge against a white police officer in, in the case of, when he shot somebody who was trying to drive away in a stolen car from a fast food restaurant in West Little Rock. At the time, the police said, oh, he feared for his life. The car was driving toward him. And so he was, seemed to be justified in shooting. Well, they had a surveillance camera running. And it, apparently, the prosecutor believes, shows pretty clearly that he was not in danger from the car and that firing the gun in that circumstance presented harm to other people who were present. And also, he didn't tell the truth about this. He lied about the circumstances. And this wasn't the first time for this officer. He was fired uh, some years ago. He's been on the force for 26 years because he reportedly lied about a circumstance in which he made some arrest of somebody, I think, for resisting an officer. He was, and his firing was upheld by the civil service commission, which isn't known to be soft, known to be hard on police officers. But he got his job back when he threatened to go to court and sue over it. The interesting thing about this officer, Ralph Brashears, was is he shot somebody in October. He retired in December. And then toward the end of January, they finally get around to filing a charge that more or less says, this guy lied about use of, of deadly force. He gets his job, and they fire a woman who said the N-word when she was 16 years old. doesn't make much sense to me. But there's even still more craziness in this. This officer, Ralph Brashears, has become a hero of the Jeff Sessions Justice Department. They are investigating reverse discrimination, so-called, against Brashears, because he complained he didn't get a job on uh, an investigative squad. A black man was hired with less experience than he had, and and the the officer who made that decision was a black woman who reportedly said at the time, I'm tired of these lily-white squads on the police, which the EEOC said sounds like a racial determination of, of doing this job. She says that the the black applicant made a better presentation, had a better absentee record, and was better qualified. Certainly, I mean, the the race thing raises a flag, although, I mean, we do have a problem on the police force of, of top jobs and a lot of things being in control of white officers, and I think a concern of affirmative action is not a bad thing, but in the Trump Justice Department, it is, and so... This very unlikely hero of the Trump Justice Department, a guy who's apparently been accused twice of lying to his superiors, is not only a hero, but they're fighting for him while we're we're firing people for using an everyday street term that that black people when used by black people take absolutely no offense from.
0: Yeah. It's almost it's almost hard to believe. It's like we it's, made it up. It's like a novel.
1: It's just it could be a song. Yeah, I think it could be a hip hop hit. Don't you think? <laughs> not not in my hands. Needless to say.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about our sponsor, Forty Two. Talk about
1: Forty Two Bar and Table. Uh, they're going they're going strong. I was looking today. You could have had a pepperoni and mozzarella burger was that they always dress up a burger in some funny way. And you also a good thing for a cold day, not that cold day, but cool enough, pork green chili and potato soup sound good. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. They got vegetarian stuff there, too, lots of vegetarian offer. I was thinking about maybe getting a cobs chopped salad and, and a, a Oyster Poor Boy made on Leidenheimer bread from New Orleans. Happy hour's at 4 o'clock today and every day Thursday through Saturday, and the bar's open till midnight. And dinner specials Thursday through Saturday, so uh, get down there. All right, let's They'll go. They'll also deliver your lunch downtown during the week.
0: Forty-two Barn Table, go there. Tell them we sent you. Members of the UA Board of Trustees and leadership of the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences will begin holding open monthly meetings to track UAMS's financial position. That's what Trustee John Goodson said this week, and he said he also hopes the legislature and their constituents will pay attention.
1: Well, I kind of think maybe that's what the meetings are all about, mm-hmm. because holding meetings are not going to make money materialize out of thin air. But the, the UAMS has been gradually sliding into a deficit situation, spinning from reserves from several years. And falling farther and farther behind. The operating deficits looking to be like seventy million dollars. They've just laid off hundreds of people. Finally got the payroll today and and, you know, they're in every department at nearly every strata. Although not many six figure people, I must say. Just an awful lot of meat and potatoes, fifty and sixty thousand people who are kinda your real middle class, I mean who will really take a hurt from this. But But the legislature's support of the Med Center, under the theory that the feds are spending so much more on Medicaid and that will cover everything, has allowed the legislature to back off even more. They are not the only agency that is getting starved by state government. Everybody is, from education on down, because the governor wants to build a surplus to give a tax break. And among the Republican majority, there's just a thought that government's a bad thing. And education is sort of a bad thing, at least in terms of the government paying for it. Uh, We provide just zilch support to to the medical school, which supplies most of the doctors in Arkansas, and it makes the med school cost still more. They think it's fine to keep raising the tuition, and certainly when you become a doctor, you have the potential of making good money, although people in family practice, which is the most efficient and effective part of practice, they get, they get okay, but they, they, they don't live the lives of Riley. I mean, uh, certainly not when some of them leave med school with hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt. So I, I just think we're robbing Peter to pay Paul and we're penny wise and pound foolish and any other cliche you can think about. But right now, higher education just simply is not in high favor in Arkansas. John Goodson, I think, wants to have these meetings that at least spread on the public record that they need help, but I, I think that's uh, like that lady dying in that nursing home down in South Louisiana and Katrina, mama, help is on the way.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's let's see about help in another arena. An ad hoc group has announced plans to attempt to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot that would restore the right of the legislature to waive the Constitution's sovereign immunity provision. That's uh the Supreme Court State Supreme Court has said bans lawsuits against the state.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about this last week and that's the, the, the long and short of it is the Supreme Court seemed to say where the Constance, Constitution says the state shall never be in a defendant in its courts, it means what it says, never. Uh and the state gets sued all the time in lots of different ways. Uh and if it's cut off forever, some suits will go to the Claims Commission, which is a terribly political process without the due process afforded in court. It's not a good alternative. And I think anybody with any sense knows this is a bad thing to have this avenue cut off. So a committee jumped up this week. Its backers include this law firm that includes Nate Steele, the former representative, and Jeremy Hutchinson, the current senator. They're trial lawyers by trade. And so you would think they're somewhat coming from that interest, and they want at least, they want to very simply change the Constitution to say explicitly that the legislature can decide to waive the sovereign immunity provision, as it has done in several cases in which the court had allowed it to do over a span of more than 20 years. You know, I haven't yet quite gotten my head around who's really behind this. To get an amendment on the ballot costs a lot of money. Uh, I would suspect this would be something that has some appeal to trial lawyers, but they're going to have their hands full fighting the bigger so-called tort reform amendment, which is going to lower the cap, put a huge cap on damage fees and on attorney's fees, and give rulemaking authority over the legislature from the Supreme Court, and that's going to be the big fight of the session. Perhaps, if they can get this on too, that might be to divide and conquer the Chamber of Commerce somehow, but... But I think I think I'm probably giving too much credit to conspiracy theory there. So I don't really know who's behind this, or if there's a chance to get there. And the amendment they proposed is so simple, it seems to me that even Leslie Rutledge will have a hard time refusing to certify the form of it. But she doesn't like to certify ballot amendments very often, and uh, as as this week, she turned down the first run at the amendment that would allow more casinos in the state and use some of the money for highways. So.
0: Which is something the same law firm is working which on. Which the
1: same law firm is working on, right. And, of course, that law firm in that case, they've had a client who's in the gambling machine business, and they're pretty clearly associated with the Quapaw tribe, which wants to expand its casino gambling into Arkansas and has been fought hard in the Little Rock area by the Chamber of Commerce and the powers that be beholden to the Chamber of Commerce, like Mayor Stotla. Because they're working on behalf of Oakland Park, which didn't want a competitor in Little Rock. Well, fine. Quapaw's hooked up with his amendment campaign, and if it gets approved, they're planning to put it up. Casino in Pine Bluff, and everybody in Pine Bluff would love to have a casino to build jobs down there. And if Mark Stoller doesn't want it, that's fine with Pine Bluff.
0: There you go. All right, it was somewhat of a slow news week, so uh, we, can, we can do one quick final topic on a favorite. Of of the Weekend Review podcast, and that's just how terrible Tom Cotton is.
1: Tom Cotton's pretty terrible. Uh, you know, he was pretty well exposed finally and completely as a liar on Meet the Press Sunday. He finally pretty well had to acknowledge that that Donald Trump used dirty words and talking about how much he hates immigrants in that White House meeting. This was after first saying he didn't remember anything, then second saying he didn't do any such thing, but he now is pretty well falling back on the thing of who cares. I mean because he knows most people on Trump's side hate the immigrants, too. So if you call them shitholes, that's okay with them. Uh, But he's now joined Trump in saying, well, we beat the Democrats like a drum on this uh, budget shutdown, and so now we're going to get to control the immigration issue. And they've got this new talking point that, yes, we're going to save the dreamers, maybe even more dreamers than we originally thought. That is the kids who came to the U.S. as children and have never known any other country. But we're going to have to have the rest of our our agenda too. We're going to have to have the border wall. We're going to have to have the end of the of the immigration lottery. We're going to have to have a 50 percent reduction in the number of people to enter the country. We're going to have to end the ability to get some preference for immigration from family members only immediate family members allowed. Allowed. Uh, immigrant supporter. The Democrats say this is a non-starter. Uh, I guess the big question is is whether the Republicans can peel off. The few Republicans that have been supporters of, of sensible immigration policy and get them behind the president's pretty draconian and racist and, and discriminatory uh, proposal and pass it without any Democratic help, uh, that remains to be seen. Tom Cotton is holding children hostage for his punitive immigration measures, and he's acting as if he's being a real compassionate compromiser, and it's just garbage. It's just baloney, but, but there you go. I'm not much of an admirer of our Sen. Junior Senator.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, nor well, nor he of me, I should say. Let, let's <laughs> fair l- enough. Let's
0: move on to endorsements. What do you have this week?
1: Well, we forgot to mention Bruce Scroggins, who got the elephants uh, saved in the National Guard armories. I endorse the animal rights activist who 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 shamed the National Guard into canceling rentals of armories for. Uh, Jackleg circus that abuse that that misuses elephants, in my view, to have items of entertainment. But
0: go citizen activism.
1: Go citizen activism. But apart from that, good TV watching this week. Uh, two different things. One just finished Trapped on Amazon Prime. It's a ten part series, which apparently they're going to renew. About a policeman in Iceland, and it's it was it's a series of murders that happen in a very small remote town that gets snowed in. And every moment of this thing, the blizzards are blowing, and the lights are dark, and people are living like Icelandic people do. And it's kind of a fascinating view at Nordic life. I mean, it's wholly an Icelandic production on Iceland people, actors, producers, and everything. So it was great. And then I started watching, and I thought I would hate it, and I thought it would be a cut-rate wire, and, and I don't think comparing it to the wire thing, but there's a new series on the Showtime called The Shy. It's about... The south side of Chicago there's some people in it who were had roles in the wire it's uh, about a poor black neighborhood and drug dealing and alcoholism and and fatherless families and bad people who do good things and good people who do bad things and and children trying to grow up in an elementary school in a tough neighborhood and 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 just just a bunch of some really engaging characters some storylines better than others and I'm three in but but I find it uh cure I mean Curiously interesting, and I think it's real. I mean, people do die quickly and easily on the streets of Chicago. There are families where there are four kids with four different daddies. There are people scraping by in impossibly mean circumstances and turning to drugs and alcohol as comfort in a bad world. And and I I think for people like me who live a comfortable middle class existence, it's sort of useful to see some of that.
0: I haven't seen it yet, but I am an admirer of the show's creator, um, her performance on Master of None. Right. She was from Master of None. Did you watch that? No, but I, I well, read about her background. Uh, I I don't know that you would like Master of None, but you would like the episode. Yeah, she apparently
1: uh, wrote, was, wrote one of the like yeah, signature issues. Right.
0: The, the one and Emmy where uh, it sort of goes through year after year of her family's Thanksgiving celebration where – Dev, the the main character, played by played by Aziz Ansari, comes over every year, and they go from little kids to teenagers to grown ups, and and it sort of documents her uh, coming out to her family and and that that tension. and It's a really powerful piece of TV. Yeah, well, so, there's there's, there's, some good, there's some good stuff. In uh, so my seven year old is um, really obsessed with Birds of Prey. For for whatever reason, he's like many kids, got into animals, but then latched on to birds of prey, and so I'm uh, about to go with with him and uh, and my wife to eagles, etc. at the Gray Lake uh, State Park or Lodge or whatever it's called. It's a whole weekend of birds of prey there's an eagle tour an owl watch so are, they the
1: eagles? are they guaranteed the eagles are there
0: the, i don't think they've guaranteed me but our resident bird expert leslie peacock says i'm almost certain your chance
1: to... are good you need to get to all the park the hawks have been omnipresent lad. they've been swooping i've been afraid they've been looking at me yeah been swooping so close i don't know what the deal is but suddenly when i'm on my walks the hawks are everywhere
0: there's one thing uh, we probably won't do because it it's twenty dollars a person, but it's a live falcon hunt. It sounds sounds pretty cool. I don't know what that involves. You're not
1: hunting for falcons.
0: I think that you get to go <laughs> you along get set while up
1: loops the while they go hunt for rabbits and mice. And I stuff. guess, yeah.
0: Maybe you get to wear one of those gross, big gross arm them. things.
1: Gross up good.
0: Anyway, it's supposed to rain, so ho- kid, huh? ho- hopefully it'll still there will still be birds. Um, we'll review later. Thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. It helps people find us. And go to 42.
1: Go to 242 Barn Table. Go there tonight. Have a drink and tell them that we sent you.
0: Bye.